to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here from CS2. Today, I have on the podcast Hannah Jockover. She's the Chief Hype Officer at Hype House Consulting, um, and she has a also a long background in B2B tech and marketing, and we also were part of Women in Revenue together. Um, I feel like it's a long time coming having Hannah on, but today we're going to be talking about maybe something a little bit different than we normally talk about, but tips for marketers to feel empowered and productive in their job. Um, So Hannah has done the switch over to coaching, and I thought it would be great to kind of have a mix of her empathy with you marketers and being in that role, um, and then kind of taking her coaching and how we can be, you know, better in our jobs, better champions for ourselves. So welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Hi, thank you for having me. And yes, I feel like we've been waiting for this day to happen. So I'm really excited. (laughs) I know I had to like look back and I'm like, I feel like you've been on the podcast, but you haven't. So it's nice to have you on. um, So maybe take us through um, just a little bit of your background. Um, Just, you know, being in B2B tech and now getting to coaching and um, yeah, just kind of give us your origin story, really. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, on one of the slacks that I'm in, we were talking about a colleague that I have worked with forever. We were talking about like old market automation systems and we were going back and forth and he brought up Manticore. <laughs> and I'm like, Manticore <laughs> is like the first system that I ever logged into and learned how to do anything in, which is like, oh, wow. It definitely, this definitely dates me a little, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> so I started my marketing career using Manticore, if that says anything. Um, but yeah, I, I worked for um, a couple, a few different agencies over 10 years and agencies that were serving B2B marketers in tech, helping them to, you know, accelerate revenue, identify the programs that would do that, um, identify everything. It, I'm going backwards here. Identify everything in order um, to get to that point as well and really help from the strategy all the way through the execution. So learned an exorbitant amount. It was really the time that I consider myself to just be like such a sponge and just learning, right? Learning, you know, what tools are available, um, learning what works and what doesn't. And then also like evolving with technology, you know, through all of the advancements that we've gone through and just kind of figuring out how to then adjust because, you know, as, as an agency individual, like you have to really be on the cusp of innovation so you can better, Um, help your clients. So that part I really loved about working agency side. Um, And the other part is just, I got to work with so many different types of people, so many different types of people, which really now looking back has brought me to where I am today and just really learning how to communicate with different people, um, helping them, you know, figure out, you know, how do I present this to my boss? Like, how do I present this to X, Y, and Z? And um, for me, like that was a big a big part of what fulfilled me in my time working agency side was just the exploration of the different personalities and and helping those people. Um, So that was kind of 10 years. And then I 
sort of was like fishing for something else um, and not feeling like 100% fulfilled and having worked so long on the agency side and having started my career there, which is actually like the opposite of what a lot of people tend to do. um, Mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, I have to experience what it's like in-house and I'm going to be picky about it and I'm going to be, you know, um, really... I I am going to pick the right place. So I took a lot of time to just kind of consider and like make my list of like what I did want there and found myself at Mad Kudu leading demand generation, um, started marketing ops confessions, the web series that hopefully, hopefully some of, you know, Chrissy's been on it. Yeah. (laughs) Now podcast. It's great. Yes. Now podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it was, it was such an awesome time. Again, learned so much and really just got to like, feel like I could put my own personal stamp on things and, um, do a lot of the things that I did for my clients, but do it for, you know, an internal organization. Um, and then from there, I, I started Hype House about what I'm, I don't even know. That was, it was like earlier this year, end of last Mm -hmm. year. Um, kind of coincides with like other larger life events happening around us. Um, But also my mother-in-law had a stroke, like we had completely had to change our life. And Mm -hmm. it really had us evaluating um, what was a priority, where we were spending our energy, um, if we were happy. (laughs) And so we had, and I say we, because it's, it it was a family decision, right? You know, it it impacts so many people close to me. Um, but that was like where I decided to go off on my own and, um, start doing some consulting on my own with the end goal of fully moving into coaching, which is where I'm at now. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like there's so many things that you said that I find like resonate with myself as well. Like just like the consulting and the agency side, like a very much like one of the reasons why it's even hard for me to pull away from uh, the clients 100 percent is I love like meeting the people and understanding. And you almost can become like a a therapist to them because you you're empathizing with them. You're trying to give them the tools that they they, you know, to, you know, deal with all the stress that they're dealing with, their priorities, distill those down, like help them. And so um, I think that probably resonates probably really well for you for in coaching now. Um, But a lot of people think, oh, you're just very technical. But I think actually a good consultant really tries to also just be that just resource for that person to rely on for even just like you said, like the, you know, how do I approach this conversation or um, even just telling them they're doing a great job, which is hard to to find when you're working in house and everyone's so busy. So that definitely resonates. And then just like the life events, like definitely before starting CS2, I had a big life event where my dad had cancer and he was about to pass away and that you do try to reevaluate like what's going to work for me right now like what what's going to make sense and it doesn't mean where you were at was a bad thing it's just maybe not serving you the way you need and um taking the chance i think is really brave of you but also yeah. um i like how you said it was a family decision because um they are heavily impacted by how you're feeling mm-hmm. and how you're taking care of yourself 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's true when they say like, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, and it's like, I had this yeah. deep desire to help other people. And like, in a sense, I, I was doing that, just not the way that I was feeling fully fulfilled by it. But like, you have to help yourself first, you you really do. Yeah. And when you pull energy away, um, you know, when you give 100%, like it's coming from somewhere. It's coming from totally. somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would love to hear first, like some of the reasons why you wanted to start Hype House. Like what's kind of like the ethos um, for your coaching? And do you do any, like, had you done any work yourself with a coach or um, what, what was some of that like tipping point that made you realize this is my calling? This is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I don't know, like, I I think about that a lot, too. Like, is this my true calling? Um, Maybe like I but what I do know (laughs) is that what I'm one step closer, I'm one step closer to fulfilling, like my true passion and being on the right path towards whatever that is. And life is long, like it could be this, it could not be. But I know that I'm getting closer and closer and closer, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think like throughout my career and I kind of alluded to this earlier, like I would just sort of always pause and stop and always ask myself, like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you here? And my answer was usually always the same, which is good. Um, but it wasn't always like fully connected to what I was doing. And it was always about helping people. Like I want to help people be better. And I would explain to people like, it's never really about the marketing. It's like, we're in the business of people. And that always fascinated me. And, and so when somebody always asked me that question too, like, why do you do what you do? Like, why do you work at an agency? Um, I would always tell them stories around helping somebody with like their strategy or whatever it is, whatever the project was and doing this knowledge transfer. And when you do this knowledge transfer, you also see this like, confidence come out. Whereas Mm -hmm. this, this client may not have known what to do before, or they may have known what to do, but they didn't know how to do it, how to say it, or they just needed help doing all of those things. But watching them like going through a project and then watching that knowledge and that confidence transfer happen, and then watching Mm -hmm. them like showcase it to whoever it is that they needed to convince, right? Persuade. um, And really just like shine like that was it. Like that feeling that I got was so important to me and was really consistent throughout my career. Um, and for a while, like that was enough, like that was really great. But like I mentioned in the last couple of years, like I was feeling really unfulfilled and I had this deeper desire to help the community around me. And, um, that was another thing, thing having to work through is like understanding what community is, right? Like I have various different types of communities. And for me at first, I was like, how do I help the community around me and I'm like local community, which is important, but also realizing that my family is a community. The industry that I work with within mm-hmm. is a community as well. Um, so seeing that there's this community right in front of me, uh, which was a really cool thing to learn at Mad Kudu as well and actually speak directly and, and hang out with the marketing ops community, like that was a big deal. Um, So yeah, just really understanding that, but it kind of helped me get back to the core of the why of like, why do I even want to do this work? Um, Mm -hmm. And it still is like help people be better, but removing the filters to that I thought had to be in place in order for me to do that. So going directly 
to that individual and like cutting out all of the bullshit layers Mm -hmm. not that it's bullshit but like when I say I want to help somebody to me like I some of that's a it was just noise right like this is noise what I really want to what I really want to work with is a little bit deeper and I see it and I want to access it um so that's kind of like that story but then leading into coaching and thinking about is this viable is this a viable opportunity for me um to coaching corporate america i'm going to throw down some stats here cuz i think they're important um okay. they spend about 2 billion dollars on coaching annually and the majority of that though is reserved for executives and those executives are primarily vp or above and probably about 60% of them are like in the ages of like 40 to 50. So mm-hmm. nobody else has access to, in most cases, I think it's changing, but nobody else has access to that budget, which for me, having worked with a lot of, a lot of different of those demographics, including the 40 to 50, including the younger generations and ages, I feel like this is insanity. Um, and then thinking about Gen Z and millennials, like more than half of the working population are Gen Z and millennials. And in B2B specifically, millennials are the, are the largest um, yeah. buying group and they have mm-hmm. some of the largest buying power and about 30% of them are like sole buyers in their, for their brand. So that's like, to me is, is a clear gap right there that we are going through this generational shift we have had this traditional way of coaching and providing coaching to leadership and executives and people who have the experience already. And even though we're seeing this generational shift and with this generational shift, I think that these younger generations just want to do things differently. They do not always align with the traditional sense of leadership or the way that we work or management styles. Um, They want to incorporate values and be authentic and bring in things that I don't think have ever been done before. Um, So for me, like cultivating that is one of the most important things that I think I can contribute to the industry. Yeah, that's a really good point too, because I think coaching as well has always been kind of used as a tool to come in when there's like a problem. Mm-hmm. especially at yeah, like in a, a leadership or executive level. And I'm like, I think that coaching is actually just something that should be like held through like any transition or when people need access to it. And you're right. And I think that millennials, especially like where a lot of them are becoming managers, directors with like mm-hmm. large teams. And they're still not maybe at that level where like, coaching or someone helping them through that transition is an option. Um, Even at my own company, we're working through that. Like I just realized, oh, we have a lot of new managers. We should, you Mm -hmm. know, focus on how do we support those managers through this transition because they're also doing their jobs. They have families, they Mm -hmm. have things like they're not going to have a lot of time to just go out and seek that themselves. So I think it's so true. Like we, it's used as this tool for a certain level, a lot of you know, small percentage of people even get to that level. And then it's often used as a way to mitigate maybe some issues where if maybe they had the coaching before that, they wouldn't have those mm, issues. But Right. Um, <laughs> yes. But it's so yes. true. I think that the access to um, 
to coaching or even how it's used um, mm-hmm. as like m- maybe like a more pre- not preventative like I don't like saying preventative but just not like this like thing that we rely on um, when we feel like there's a problem is also something mm-hmm. that I think could be helpful because I-, I think what we're going to focus on today like coaching like especially for your most productive people on your team can be really helpful you want to keep them like high of their game you want to yeah make them feel empowered and that can be really hard especially in this world right now yeah yeah and that's exactly who I focus on too is like the high performers within you know the kind of where they sit in those generations that I talked about but high performing high achieving high potential employees that are told these things, but are not then given the tools, not only just the tools in their role, right? Like here's how to better prioritize. Here's how to stay motivated. Here's how to get into flow state, but the tools for themselves too. Like we don't, and we don't want to talk about these things, right? Like people don't want to talk about the mind body connection. People don't want to learn about their brains. People don't want to talk about neuroscience, but it's so critical to having a sense of self-awareness to understand how your emotions work and how you can take action and how you can control your brain and retrain your brain. And sometimes we just really like turn a blind eye to some of those things. I don't know, like some people just don't believe in it, but it's science. Mm. Um, And so I think like the combination of professional development along with empowerment of here's who you are, and here's how you own it. And here's how you continue to keep that sustainable and grow is so important. And that's just really what I'm focused on, which I haven't seen before. You know, it's but kind of been mm-hmm. one or the other. Um, so I'm sort of blending those two um, methodologies, I guess, if you will, when I'm coaching people. Um, and you asked about m- coaching my, me if I've experienced coaching. And um, yeah, I've, I've had like a variety of different types of coaches throughout my life. And I'll just like call out like two of the most important coaches I've had are my parents. Um, And I mean that in the sense of like, yes, parents are coaches, right? Like you're a mom, I'm a mom, like parents are naturally coaches. But, um, and that's very much their parenting style. But like my parents are actually coaches, like they are actually very um, successful uh, coaches. And so I've just had the opportunity to grow up in an environment where coaching as a parenting style was there, but the elements of their career within coaching was also there. So I've had a little secret weapon (laughs) is what (laughs) I call it my whole life. And my dad, you know, used to do a lot of performance coaching with me when I was younger, um, through sports and just kind of like we did a lot of visualization, a lot of really interesting techniques. Um, and with my mom, I lean a lot for her within my career. And um, they just helped me broaden my landscape and understand the opportunities in front of me and what I c- could potentially do. You know, coaches don't all, they don't have the answers they're not supposed to, but they're supposed to lead you and um, sort of help you see what's out there. And um, so, yeah, those are the I've had a lot of coaches, but those are the two most important coaches in my life. <laughs> wow, that's that's awesome. But did you did it surprise you then as you're taking this path now to becoming a coach? Did did it surprise you that like you're going down a similar path or was it not surprising because obviously they're a huge part of your life and coaching was part of that? Yeah, no, I, like it didn't, it didn't. We laugh about it now. Um, and my mom would always be like, you should be a coach. You should be a coach. And 
I think I just didn't think it was possible until I actually then started talking to her about it and like thinking like, wait, if I want this to be my reality, I can make it my reality. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have what it takes to do that. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think like one side of it, now that I'm looking back on it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Like those are the things that were ingrained in me when I was little. Um, So a lot of it comes really naturally to me and I've always kind of wondered why. Um, And but at the same time, now it, you know, now it makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to switch gears into talking about more of your tips for the listeners. So um, I I know we want to focus on like marketers. We have demand gen folks, um, different executives and obviously operators who listen to the podcast. But I think for a lot of uh, folks who are kind of In the middle of their career, I would say, like those who are marketers or operators can find it hard to figure out like what path is right for them. Obviously, you even had like those like moments, but I think for some it's like, you know, do I stay in operations? Do I want to broaden my skill set and go toward an executive role? Or some people are like, I really don't want to be a CMO one day. Is that a bad thing or whatnot? But how do you like suggest those who are conflicted kind of go about maybe doing some of this like self exploration or even maybe take away the pressures of maybe what they see of where their path should be and kind of tune into themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I got some really amazing advice from one of my mentors. Um, and again, like also acknowledging the difference between, you know, coaching, mentorship, counseling, like all very different. Um, but her, it was read the book Essentialism by Greg McGowan. Definitely do that. Um, and just go spend some time alone and play, do nothing, sit, right? Do the things that will connect you and ground you that will ultimately help you identify your why. You know, if you can, Mm. if, and I ask people this all the time, like, why are you doing this? And this is where, where we started today, right? Why, why am I here? So identify your why and try to like decouple it from your productivity and your productivity Mm. tied to your career, because so much of our identity is tied to our career, tied to our productivity. That has nothing to do with your self-worth. It has nothing to do with who you are. It is simply what you do. Um, so I think that like, if we can remove ourselves from that, we can better understand what we want to do and why we want to do it and then start thinking about, okay, this is what I want to do. This is my why. This is what I want to do. Um, this is what I'm really good at. This is what I can do better than anybody else. Yeah, sure. Other people can do it, but I do it my way. I do it in a way that nobody else does it that is your superpower. That is really, really important to identify. Um, And then kind of bringing it all together is like, how can I do this in a way that serves a community that I care about and helps me make money? So then I can ultimately reach my why faster. Um, And then sort of just like finding, so this, what this does is it opens you up to so many different possibilities, right? Because Mm -hmm you aren't just focused on I'm in marketing operations, I'm working for this company. It's no, I am a multi-passionate individual and I can do anything I put my mind to, but here's what I really care about. And it might not be marketing operations. It might be 
Um, but what you'll probably find is that it's much deeper than just like a role or an industry. Mm-hmm. It's going to be what you really care about, what makes your heart like do that thing where you're like, I feel excited. I feel that passion. Um, and so just really trying to like visualize and like, write, I always recommend writing things down, like get it out of your brain, write it down. Um, if you have a list, lists are awesome. Make a list of all the things that come to you and, and then just kind of look through that list and figure out like which of these has the path of least resistance. And yeah. that path of least resistance is then going to get you to your goal much, much faster. And it's going to be much more enjoyable because Yes, you have to work hard, but you don't have to work as hard and you don't have to burn yourself out. You know, sometimes if you take the path of least resistance, you're doing hard work, but you're not working hard, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where you want to be, right? You're doing really hard, good work, but you're not doing it to the point where you're burning out, your energy's all over the place, you're having a negative impact on things that you really care about. Um, so I think like that is really helpful exercise in just sort of realigning and finding our right path in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one thing too, I could probably share for myself because I love that you talk about the why. And I think that is really important. I think also even too, it will probably happen to people in house, but even now like leaving a company, I'm like, if I start want to start a big project, I have to go back to that. Like, what is my why? Like Mm -hmm. it needs to be strong enough for me to warrant doing this otherwise it's probably not worth doing I think that's a lot of things that people can like just start to adopt like once you get into that habit of doing that it can be really powerful not only for like what path you want to take but just where do you want to spend your time because like Mm -hmm. the older you get the slivers of time that you have for certain things just you know become smaller and smaller and sometimes some things work at that time sometimes they don't but always going back to that I think is really useful and I, I think um, the other thing is just also thinking about um, yourself. And I, I, I feel like you, you kind of talked about this of like what, how you're feeling at that time or the environment you're putting yourself in. Is it going to serve you in a way where you might burn out, like you said, or not? So like I made the, the realization that I really struggled to work where in a place where I don't have control of where I'm putting my work because I'll just sign up for everything. I'll just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. say to everyone, I'll do this and that. And, and the result is you don't just get, Oh, praise. It's like, you just get more work. And so <laughs> that's why I was like, okay, well, owning a business sounds good because I can then control that a bit more. So you have a bit more control of your destiny. And so then my why changed because I got to keep similar of like why I like helping people I like problem solving but then the thing that kept me from burning out, which is hard to say because running a business is a lot of hard work. But at the end of the day, it's not so um, like emotionally impactful because you know you're doing it to, like you said, reach your why or or also you have control where you can step back a bit. And um, so, yeah, that definitely resonates. And I've had those moments as well. Yeah, yeah. And a, lot, and a lot of this like will stem and kind of like come to, um, I guess, come to a head really like at these points of burnout or at these points, and it happened Mm -hmm. to me too, right? At these points in our life where you are forced to stop, you're forced to stop because you can no longer function. You're, you literally, your executive functioning doesn't work. Your, um, nervous system 
is in fight or flight. Like you have to regulate these things. And so ideally it's good to do them before that happens or at (laughs) least identify like, Ooh, like I am approaching this cliff and here are the Mm -hmm. things that I need to do before that happens. Otherwise things come to a standstill and it's going to take a lot more time to sort of realign yourself and get back to where you need to be. Totally. Um, the next thing I want to ask you about, I feel like is something that marketers like, I I feel like need oftentimes we're always being told to prove ourselves or why aren't we hitting our goals or why, why isn't this happening, that happening, blah, 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 blah. So I I really feel like self-advocacy, especially for like, like marketing ops folks, but I think demand gen market, just like anyone who's like has a lot on their plate, but then also feels like they need like people don't really understand fully what they're doing and what value they're bringing to the organization. So what are some like exercises or like things that you use with clients to kind of bring in and usher in that right state of mind for like self-advocacy? Because I think a lot of folks really struggle with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think for me and the clients that I work with, like it really is a lot about just like exploration and discovery and getting to like uncovering. There's so many things that are really just noise and very superficial and we can actually control, you know, the amount that we let seep in to our brains so then we can write it clouds your vision of like what's the true problem what's the real problem so we may start with a topic you know what do you want to talk about today and it's literally just a line of questioning it's a line of questioning that helps us unravel and get try to get to like the core of these issues and so say it's like you know my my um, boss wants me to do this one thing and I really don't want to do it. Okay. Why don't you want to do it? Um, What happens if you do do it? What happens if you don't do it? What are the other things that you could do? Um, And eventually, you know, again, it's just kind of getting to the core. And so you can take yourself through this, right. Which is a little bit more difficult to like, even be like, Oh, I need to go. I need to ask why, 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 why. Um, And this is also called, I think there's an exercise called the five whys that is similar to this. Um, But eventually you're able to kind of get to this like really core feeling or thought about whatever that topic is. And it can feel sometimes unrelated. Um, Like you may start here and end up being like, wow, I used to be like that. And I'm nervous that if I do this thing, I will revert to that behavior. And Mm. what the realization often is, is that it's in here. Um, And that you usually have to kind of release and rewire or reframe a lot of the things that you thought you thought. (laughs) Um, So... You know, you really have to, it's, it's hard work. It's, this is yeah. like that self-awareness, like really hard work that you have to do on yourself in order to be a better person. Totally. And usually it is not the people around you. Usually it is what your perception of what's happening, your perception of what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're saying. Um, the rest is in here and you can control that. So this line of questioning, I think kind of helps us to open up the possibility that 
it's actually in here and that you can actually control the situation. And then you actually have options, right? It's usually like, I have this or I have that. But when you start this line of questioning, you understand that you have a lot of different options. You have a lot of different things that you could do. Um, but what's the one that's going to have the least harm to yourself, the least harm to others, um, that path of least resistance. So that's one that I really like and really lean on a lot. Um, there's also something as simple as like a SWOT analysis, right? Like just writing things down and categorizing them. Like our brain loves to do this. So mm. categorizing, writing things down, understanding what's my strength here? What's my weakness here? What are the opportunities? What are the threats? Just clearly write them down and then start asking yourself, well, how do I or start with like, what is the most interesting to me of this list? You know, within these strengths, like what is the most interesting to me? And then go through that for each one, just to kind of help understand, like, here are the key things that I'm experiencing right now and that I need to work on. And then we can figure out, okay, what are all the options then in front of us for us to work on those? Um, mm -hmm. I also think part of this is about re reclaiming, like reclaiming you. Um, like I said, like I'm really big on understanding how our brains work. I am obviously not a neuroscientist or anything like that, although I wish I were. That's like the coolest job <laughs> in the world. Um, but like any, like just understanding how our brain works, right? Any problem that you create, you create in your brain. And any problem mm -hmm. that you create, you can create an equally great solution. And so even mm -hmm. just understanding that and understanding the level of control that that gives you back to then say, I created this problem in my brain. I'm making it what it is. And yes, there are obviously external factors, but there's a solution. There is a solution that, you know, obviously like we have to find the balance of who does this solution work for, but mm -hmm. there are more than one solution. So just understanding how our mind works and, reclaiming that power and control. Um, another exercise that we do, I have, I have many, another exercise that we do that's a little bit more playful that kind of goes back, which is kind of like reclaiming your power and like your why and understanding what you want to do is um, your perfect day exercise, which you may have heard of. And it's just a writing prompt. And it's a writing prompt where you sit down and it's practice of gratitude, a practice of journaling, and you mm -hmm. write in as much detail as possible what your perfect day looks like, you know, and not to get too hung up on things, but just write it out. You know, where are you when you wake up? What do you do? What are you wearing? Who's with you? What do you do? Mm -hmm. What do you have for lunch? Um, what do you have for dinner? Like, what kind of activities are you doing? So just write out your perfect day. Um, and this is, again, just kind of like helpful in us understanding our why, maybe, and the things that we want to prioritize in our life, the little things that you feel that you can appreciate more and have more gratitude towards. Um, gratitude is huge. Gratitude yeah. um, changes our brains. It really does. So even if it's just the little things of I am sending gratitude to you or I am sending gratitude for this thing, um, like that's huge. Um, yeah. And then another thing that I really like to do is, is energy mapping. And with this one, and some people call it energy audits, um, a lot of people that do this will call it energy audits and they will do everything. Like, where is your energy going? Um, mm. Where is your energy going to? And just kind of take note of where you are giving you your energy to. 
I like to do it through the lens of relationships because I think it applies more to your career. Um, so through the lens of career, right, you can have lots of bubbles of like, this is my family, this is my career, um, this is my work, and here are all the people within my work sphere. And then understanding like, what does that energy exchange look like between those individuals? And you may find that you're giving so much energy to relationships um, or things that don't serve you, like you had mentioned earlier. And so it really helps us visualize where our energy is going and the amount of time, the amount that we're giving and what we're receiving in return. You know, is it a mutually beneficial energy exchange? Because I think a lot of the times when we get all worked up and we, you know, people are asking us for things, we feel really overwhelmed. Like we have this sense of like, we have to give this energy. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, like you can really dial it back. You can really dial it back. You can really redirect your energy and you can better recognize the relationships that don't serve you and the mm -hmm. energy exchanges that are not equal. Um, that again, like this is all about kind of like reclaiming your energy and being really thoughtful about where that goes. So I think that one can be really helpful too. Yeah. I, I love that. Well, those are, those are all great exercises. I think the, I, I think the energy one is great. I think especially for folks who have a lot coming at them and like trying to decide mm -hmm. like where their energy is going. Cause I think one thing that happens too is sometimes it's not even the most important place where our energy is going. It's just like, who is the loudest person? Who's the one that's like emotionally tapping into like a trigger for us or something like mm -hmm. they know how to get into your brain and make you do something mm -hmm. that they might not even be your biggest like person you should be serving right now. So I like the mm -hmm. idea of taking the people like or that like moment or that pressure out of it and like mapping it out because you might find like, well, there's all these other people or there's all these other things that actually require my energy more but they mm -hmm. just don't happen to be the one that's really like giving me that guilt or that feeling of like wanting to just, you know, get them off my back or, you know, something like that. And I, I noticed that um, I've even done that in the past where like it's like the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know, it's like sometimes mm -hmm. like you'll just be redirected that way and it's not really where you should focus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I really like that. And I do like the gratitude because I think that I do, I've, I'm a big fan of journaling. Um, I've had different points of my life where I, and I definitely becoming a mother was a big shift for me. But one of the things I adopted at that time was uh, journaling like every night. And a big part of that was like gratitude and talking about what I'm thankful for, what went well that mm -hmm. day. Um, like how am I feeling? Like literally just checking in with myself, like how am I feeling? And I think that's a great yeah. tool that people can do. It's very low commitment. It's very low effort. Even if you don't journal it, like maybe think it, but just reminding yourself of those things that you're thankful for. Also, like you said, maybe also reminds me of like what your why is or, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you neglecting those um, things that you're, you know, the people are helping you and, and stuff like that? So, yeah. And I think it just distills it down. You make up, like you said, a lot of things in your head seem worse than they are. Or you make up that what they feel. And so I think bringing that to paper or bringing that into 
um, a few words or through your exercises, all of them sound great. I think just brings clarity. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like, again, when I'm talking about a lot of these things, like some people get really uncomfortable because they're like, this has yeah. nothing to do with work. This has nothing to do with work, but it does because you mm-hmm. are there and you are more important than your work. And when you can show up for yourself, you can show up for other people and you can actually make work a really, a, a much more enjoyable experience, not only for yourself, but for others. When you go through these exercises and you're a leader and you learn to kind of adopt these as habits, you can then work them in to the way that you talk to your team. You know, you can Mm -hmm. work in gratitude exercises. You can work in these Mm -hmm. SWOT analysis exercises, even in your one-on-ones. Like I share templates where these one-on-one templates, they seem really simple, but they're designed in a way to um, like form this level of thinking and form this level of self-awareness, even though like it's very subtle, which is, which Mm -hmm. is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that. And I do think though, like when, when people do have the coaching or put in the work, they probably don't realize how much like that does affect their ability to do their job and their productivity. Like I think mm-hmm. in the past, like where I've been really burnt out or, or in a situation where my boundaries are off or I wasn't even doing the self work, I was very much numbing with just more work, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is also something <laughs> need, people need to be mindful of. Like, you're going through a hard time. Yes, work can be distracting, but you don't want it to be overly distracting where you're neglecting yourself. But um, mm-hmm. like that, once you get that into a place where you just feel like more calm, more in control, more have that mm-hmm. sense of self and where you want to focus, it kind of makes doing your job just easier. Like small tasks when you're really burnt out or really at your your kind of like breaking point can feel mm-hmm. huge, can feel like mm-hmm. it's like a pebble can feel like a, you know, like a huge like cliff <laughs> at that point, you know, or boulder. So I think that yeah. it can really help with that. So I do, I do like how you said, yeah, some people might get like uh, not understand the correlation, but there's a huge correlation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right, so the last thing I wanted to discuss, I know we're running a little bit um, out of time, but I wanted to talk through, and we've kind of talked to this a little about a little bit, but just a lot of people are feeling like swamped, also having feelings of like overwhelm. And what are some of your tips with dealing with like a lot of priorities or heightened expectations, or also just like things that can help with just productivity? I know a lot mm-hmm. of the work and exercises that you said can really help, especially the energy mapping. But are there any other things that like when they're in the moment and feeling like that sense of overwhelm, what are some things that they can do to really like be- get more productive and tackle their day? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so you mentioned expectations. Expectations are scary um, because we usually get them from other people and then we have to determine what they actually mean and what they mean to us. So I think mm-hmm. the first thing to do is like go back to the expectations, understand, you know, what problem are you trying to solve, right? Like it's always about what do you, what am I doing? What is the problem that we're trying to solve? What are the expectations around that? And get really clear. If they're not written down, write them down. Here are the expectations regarding this as I see them, as I know them. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, do they do they make sense? Do these make sense to me? Do I understand them? Am I very clear on these? Yes or no? Um, and if there's some that aren't, circle them, and we're going to communicate that back to whoever set those expectations. And then we're going to ask ourselves, well, do I feel comfortable meeting these expectations? Do I feel confident that I can meet these expectations? Um, write it down. And um, and I guess even like, can they be met? Some expectations are wildly unrealistic, right? Are these expectations mm-hmm. realistic with or without me? And then how am I going to meet these expectations? Um, mm-hmm. And then if you come across, you know, any red flags, any hesitancy, like just double click into that. And some of these then might uncover like a root reason for feeling overwhelmed. Some of mm-hmm. this might uncover a misunderstanding around the expectations or a lack of confidence in the ability to meet these expectations, which then may need or warrants a bigger conversation, right? Like I need Mm -hmm. to realign on some of this, um, which is ultimately going to help you prioritize. So it's almost like a late, it's like bigger than prioritization. It's, or I guess it's before prioritization, right? Yeah. Um, So I think that's a really important exercise to just kind of like get it all out there. Like this is all in my head. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I know I have these people that are relying on me to meet these certain things, these certain expectations. Let's write them down, make sure I really understand them and that I am capable of meeting them. Um, And then I think too, it's uh, assessing your boundaries, right? Boundaries Mm -hmm. are often, especially these days in this world of everybody being virtual, um, Mm -hmm. everybody feeling like they have to be on all the time, so many distractions, like we are being pulled in so many different directions and there tends to be a lack of boundaries and a lack of enforcing boundaries. And we all struggle with this. I struggle with this. Um, but I think it's really important to kind of understand, like, what do you want your boundaries to be? What are the triggers that sort of set you off when people cross a boundary and you don't do anything about it? Um, like identifying that, like before that happens, will then give you time to think about, okay, I need to communicate a boundary here because I can tell it's about to be crossed and I don't want it to be Mm -hmm. crossed. So, and then it's about habit forming, right? The next time this happens, um, if this happens, instead of doing this, I will do this and forming this habit. And you can do that for anything, but especially your boundaries, right? Understanding the trigger, this is what is going to happen. This is what's going to cause this boundary to be crossed. And instead of me reacting and letting them cross this boundary or saying yes to taking on more work or, you know, breaking down, I'm going to respond in this way instead. Um, mm-hmm. So again, just kind of like habit forming, understanding your boundaries, enforcing your boundaries. Again, it's really hard. It's very hard. So when you do it, tell how, tell yourself how proud you are or yeah. tell anybody who you've communicated those boundaries to that are close to you that you trust, say, hey, somebody tried to cross a boundary today and I didn't let them. I recognized it. And this is what I did. And I felt really proud of myself. Or it might go, somebody crossed a boundary today and I recognized it a little bit too late and I didn't do anything about it. And I'm sort of bummed out by that. Here's what I'm going to do next time. So just kind of creating that accountability. Um, And then I think just like reprioritizing all of those things that feel so heavy in a way that your brain, like it works for your brain because our, I mean, I keep going back to like our brain and our minds because they're so critical in the way that we 
live, right? Like that's how, that's, that's a driver for our life right now. Um, So finding a routine that allows you to work through these priorities in an effective way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that might mean like, I, or I guess it kind of all ties together too, right? Like Mm -hmm. in order for you to focus time to work on your top priorities, one at a time, instead of multitasking, you have to have these boundaries. In order to even understand these priorities, you have to understand and fully accept the expectation. So it's kind of just really working backwards. Like I know everybody knows about the reverse waterfall. Like let's do that for your life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, you know, being in tech, like I love technology. I love innovation. I think that if it can help us work in a way where we can remove some of the little minutiae tasks or redirect Mm -hmm. some of the way that um, our habits, I guess, um, and help us enforce our boundaries. Like there's technology that will help us do these things. And Mm -hmm. I, I'm a big fan of motion motion app. If you haven't tried it out, check it out. It is sort of like an all-in-one like calendaring, but will also incorporate a task list. So a lot mm. of people that I talk to, like they, they, they don't control their calendar and that's your time. Like that's yeah. not only your time. Mm-hmm. Like I used to think time was important, but that's your energy. Energy is more important. Like time is yeah. relative. That's every single thing that goes on your calendar is energy that you have to give. And if you're not giving it to the things that you said you were going to give to and your your energy's all over the place, you need to bring it back together and focus your energy. And something like motion helps you do this because it takes into consideration all the thing, all the people that you have to meet with, but also all the mm. things that you have to do. And it's going to put your to-do list and your calendar together. And in addition to that, it's going to block out focus time for you. So you are like regaining control over your calendar. People cannot go on your calendar and just like book time. And you will, like, this is a thing about doing something like motion. Motion will make your calendar look like you literally have no time. If somebody else is looking at your calendar, you're like, um, every single slot you have is blocked up, which feels, you know, like I've had people tell me that you're not available and said, it's not that I'm not available. It's that I have very, uh, strict boundaries about my time Mm -hmm. and let's figure out a way for us to, to find some time that works for both of us. So Motion is one of those things that will help. Um, I really like Todoist. I talked about lists. Todoist allows you to kind of create your own um, list in a way that helps you prioritize and it will do some mm-hmm. of that prioritization for you. So there's lots of different um um, I'm trying to think of like the different charts or different styles of lists that you can use through Todoist, which is another one. Um mm-hmm. What else? I have like a treasure trove of resources. I, I think, say, I think these books. are all a lot of tools I haven't heard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, there's actually a few too that communication. Communication is hard, right? Like writing, yeah. written communication. I know a lot of people have um, challenges with not just because they don't always know the right words to say, but it takes a long time. It takes a long mm-hmm. time to get your thoughts down and then re um, imagine them for somebody else, you know, like, how is this mm-hmm. person going to receive them? Um, I love tools like Grammarly and mm-hmm. um, what's this other one that I use? I'm going to have to look this one up. Sorry. Um, oh, rewrite. Rewrite is another one, mm. which 
uses AI and machine learning to not Grammarly, but rewrite does, or like a copy.ai really helpful too, to rewrite or write things for you. Um, and it's not like, you know, it's definitely AI, right. Doing some of this work for you, but you are then able to kind of remove some of that, like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this, like even grammar, right. Like I don't have time. I know that I know these things, but I don't have time. And it's not a priority for me to like look in the dictionary or like look things up and like do my own spell checking. Um, it's a cheat code for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but some of the AI tools are are very cool. It helps you sort of like remove the way that you want to say things and do it in a much more concise, clear way yeah. that is going to work for everybody, not just you or not even just the person that you're sending it to. But this is just and it removes the emotion. It removes the um, the things that we tend to put into our emails that um, sometimes drive a lack of confidence or a perception mm. of a lack of confidence. Um, so yeah, those things kind of just help you get to the point and prevent you from like spiraling over an email. Like, no, don't yeah. do that to yourself. <laughs> I love that. I love thinking through those things that can be kind of like you said, like, and if like thinking about your whole day of energy, not just time, I'm like energy suckers can be that, right? Like, oh, I'm yeah. agonizing over trying to get back in this email or am I articulating right? Uh, I like what you said also about saying certain words that like take away our our confidence. So even though it may mm-hmm. not be that, like I'll, I'll sometimes notice I'll say, well, this might be able or this could do this when really like mm-hmm. I'm saying, this is what you need to do, you know? And I've kind of caught myself recently um, like reviewing and, and thinking, oh, okay, let's try and take those words out. So, <laughs> yeah, like even if yeah. you just like kind of have those triggers or um, or be mindful of that. And um, but yeah, and then time blocking and blocking your calendar. We talk about that a lot on the podcast, just because like you, yeah, you can't do your job when you're just in meetings all day and you have a mm-hmm. lot of priorities. And so, um if people really need to meet with you as an emergency, they can reach out to you and then you can figure out yep. if it's worth your time. But it's better to have that conversation than someone just throwing a bunch of memes on your calendar and taking away the time that you really needed. Yeah, yeah. And that, I hear that all the time. Like, I have no time to do the work that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a boundary. It's a boundary that you need to enforce and tools like this can help you. Um, and hey, rewrite could even help you write the email about how you need to enforce your boundary. <laughs> um, I have one more suggestion, yeah. and this is for those that yeah. are a little more interested in maybe like the neuroscience part of things or the way that our brain works and how to tap into kind of like um, retraining your brain. And there's an app called Brain Waves. There's a there's a bunch of different mm. apps too, but they use tones um, and frequencies to kind of um, synchronize your brain into different waves. So um, there's a bunch of different sessions that you can do and you can use it for meditation. You can use it for focus. I I really recommend like when you're focused, when you're in that trying to get into flow state or in flow state, like using binaural beats or um, something like brainwaves will help with that too. Um, So that's an interesting um, app just to kind of experiment with. And there's others out there too that are like it. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. I've never heard of that one. That's awesome. Well, this has been such a great conversation, Hannah. For those who are interested in learning more about you and your coaching or to get connected with you, where can they find you? 
Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is always the easiest place. Um, you know, look me up, connect with me, send me a message. You can always email me, Hana at hypehouseconsulting.com. Um, I'm working on my website, so that'll be soon. But those are um, the best places. Oh, I have a TikTok too now. Very exciting. Oh, I'm a little fun. bit more unfiltered on the TikTok. But um, yeah, check out my TikTok. And that is um, hype, at Hype Woman Hana. Uh, wait, no, I think I keep, see, I keep changing my name. So it's, I'll have to, I'll have to send that one to you. So um, you can Yeah, we'll include me. in the notes a link to your TikTok uh, or you have your TikTok handle and then we'll include a link to your LinkedIn profile so, so folks can connect with you. I'm not on TikTok yet, but it's something that I'm like, oh, maybe I should be, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of those like, you know, I'm a mom and I'm like, do I want to be on TikTok? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but so hey, many great creators too. are on it. So <laughs> I know yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking of myself as like, I'm so behind now, but I'm not. I, 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 I think not. TikTok seems great. And uh, I like the medium uh, that everyone is like, just, you know, like you said, a bit unfiltered. Um, so uh, LinkedIn has its flaws now, I think, too. Sometimes there's like less control over what you see. So it's a great mm-hmm. place to be. So I'm definitely gonna uh, follow you if I sign up. So well, thank you so much for joining today. Um, for those of you who are listening, enjoyed this episode and think that people could benefit from it as well, feel free to share it with your colleagues and friends. And if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to give us a review or a like, and we really appreciate it. And we'll see you all next time on Forward Thinking. Have a good one.